Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. This is our weekly video where we take a topic from this week's sermon and we go a little bit deeper. We have a discussion about it and uh, and we go delve into maybe some topics that didn't fit into the time allotted, but are definitely worth further discussion and exploration. Uh, my name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church. This is Pastor Michael Payne, worship pastor. And Michael, you spoke this Sunday and your text was 2 Kings 20 and 21. You're looking at the lives of Hezekiah and his son Manasseh, and your message was titled, Are You Ready to Go Home? Um, maybe you could elaborate for us a little bit on maybe what was your thought process coming into this text, what were your expectations, and what were some things that maybe surprised you as you delved more into it? I've, I've always looked at this text with fascination and I've, but I've never really like dived into it and really like studied it like I did this time and actually taught it. And of course, when you teach something, you really have to dive deep into it so you can articulate it in a way that's understandable. And I think one of the presuppositions I came in with was that this whole thing with, well, what if, what if Manasseh was never born, you know, and kind of this kind of thing talking about like the sovereignty of God and man's free will and all these kind of things, which in the end really didn't play much into what the text is really, really about. And um, what, what's an interesting thing is that a lot of commentators mentioned that when, when Isaiah approaches Hezekiah and says, put your house in order, what he's telling him is that you need to have a son because you have no heir. And when you, t you know, even if, even if that's true or not true, the, the very fact is that if you go to Matthew chapter 1, Manasseh is in the genealogy. And what does that tell us? Well, that tells us that Jesus, the Messiah, came through the line of Manasseh. So if Manasseh is not born, then the, the, the genealogy of Jesus is cut off at that point. And so that really, instead of kind of diving down into kind of man's free will and what if he did this and what if he didn't do that, it, it opened up more just kind of more along the side of God's sovereignty, but also this is what God does. He just takes the mess of humanity and he makes it work, you know, and that's what he's been doing since the beginning of time because Manasseh is not the only kind of bad apple, so to speak, in the line <laughs> of, of the Messiah. You know, we can pick on him because he was a very bad king. But um, so I think that was something that really what I came away with was even through that, you know, God worked together everything so that Jesus would still be the savior that we needed. And we, we, we'd still have that, he bring redemption to the earth and uh, to us. And we can all be thankful for that, the fact that he did that. And that's kind of what I took, a, took away, kind of how my mind was changed, was, was just how God is working through all of this, even through this mess that was the reign of Manasseh. Yeah, there's a great, uh, great phrase that I've used in the past, but I didn't make it up. I heard it from somebody else. And it is that God is able to draw straight lines with crooked sticks and that's who we are right we're crooked sticks there's a lot of crooked sticks we read about in the bible and god is in his providence and his sovereignty and his grace he's able to take crooked sticks and use them to draw straight lines and we did a series on that once actually we called it redemption the knots in jesus's family tree uh, and just looking uh we look primarily at the the females who are listed in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 1 and Jesus' family tree because they all have kind of like a, a story that's less than flattering. And, um, and maybe, you know, if I was writing the story of a great hero 
and it was fictional, for example, I probably wouldn't put in all kinds of terrible stories in it. And, you know, it's interesting that God can choose who he puts in his own family. And he chose to put even people like, like Manasseh, who got a messed up story. And if there's hope that God could use him in that way, well, then what about us? And uh, yeah, so with Manasseh, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting thing that Manasseh ends up coming from Hezekiah, who we're told was the greatest of all the kings, either before him or after him. And yet Manasseh just lives in complete rebellion against God. But as you pointed out at the end of his life, he repents. And I think this is an interesting thing about Manasseh is that like, okay, so here's a man who has a saved soul. He's forgiven of his sins. Like if we were to repent on our deathbed, right? You could be forgiven of your sins. But it seems that, would you say that his, the things that he did in his life, they still bore fruit, those terrible actions he did. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, we can, even if you want to just back up to Hezekiah, uh, you know, much of what Hezekiah did was, was unfortunately lived out through Manasseh as well. I mean, Hezekiah, the judgment of God came upon Hezekiah, upon the nation of Judah because of Hezekiah's pride. And the fruit of that was then born in further generations. Uh, you know, he's like, he's, well, at least it doesn't happen to my generation. Well, it happened in the next generation. It happened in Manasseh's generation. And we, we see the fruit of that. And then we see the fruit, unfortunately, of all the things. You know, as, as great as Hezekiah was as, as a king, Manasseh was bad. The worst the worst king. I mean, he took everything to the nth degree as far as idol worship and introduced things that no other king had ever done before. And and that wreaked havoc, I think, in, in the nation of Israel and a lot of which they were never able to really recover from. Even as we're going to look next week at Josiah, you know, he brings all these reforms and stuff. But, you know, the the... The, the, the nation had just fallen to such a new low under Manasseh. And in chapter 24, it even says that God says, because of, because of Manasseh, that is why you're now going into captivity. And yeah, glorious. I mean, I think that for me, one of the greatest things of this text is that just seeing the glorious repentance and redemption of Manasseh, you know, living, even living that despicable life that he did, God still reached him in his captivity. He he cried out to the Lord in his distress. It says in there in Second Chronicles, and and God heard him. And he said, "It says I, he knew that the Lord was God." And he comes back. He attempts, you know, to reform, you know, to restore the worship and things. But you know, it just wasn't enough. And and I think that was a lesson for us. It can be a lesson for us in the fact that. When we sin, you know, there are repercussions. There are repercussions. And just because we, we turn to the Lord and ask forgiveness, or even we turn to the person that we sinned against and we ask forgiveness, there is fruit, bad fruit, unfortunately, that was planted because of that. And sometimes that takes time to, to go away as, you know, um, you know, as we restore trust if there was a broken relationship if there was maybe adultery or there was a hatred or there was lying or sometimes there's you know you there's recompense there's things that need to be paid back you know if you murdered someone and get saved in jail well the judge doesn't say well good for you you're now a christian you can get out of here otherwise everybody be getting saved <laughs> in prison you still serve your time there's still you know there's still repercussions for the sin that you were in. And I think that was a, a good takeaway. But it, within that, even within that, the Lord is with us, showing us grace within within that. I mean, I, I wonder about Paul sometimes, you know, all the things that he did against Christians 
and then we find him out, you know, as you know, one of the greatest missionaries of the early church. And but I wonder what was some of the repercussions that he went through, you know. And some say those were kind of the. Some have even said, well, the 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 thorn in his side was some of the memories, maybe, of of those things he had done, or you know, when he was there holding the coats of those that were throwing stones at Stephen, or something like that. You know, there's always we sometimes forget about those things, uh, you know, but. But God's gracious in that as well. And I think that's a great, that was one of the great lessons that I took away from this study, that, that even in all that, the Lord is, you know, gracious in that restoration, you know, as well. Yeah, and I think that some people, they'll say, oh, you know, um, I'm just going to sow my wild oats. And then at some point in the future, you know, when I'm old and I'm boring or something, then I will just repent on my deathbed. And that's my plan, right? And uh, I mean, I've known a lot of people like, oh, yeah, you know, someday I'll get right with the Lord, but not now. But I think this is a great point. Not only, number one, do we not have a guarantee that someday will ever come, right? It could, this could be anybody's last day on earth. Um, but the second part is that the things that you will do, they will have repercussions that will last lifetimes, maybe even generations. You look at Abraham, here's a righteous man. He does this weird thing with Hagar and that has repercussions that last generations and generations. And, and so I think that we need to understand that when God tells us, don't do something. It's not because he's capricious and like petty and he just has nothing better to do. It's actually because he loves us, right? It's like, don't do that. It will hurt you. It will hurt other people. And I love you. And that's why I don't want you to do that thing. You know, I I love this phrase that I've always heard. It says, um, sin is not bad because it's forbidden. Sin is forbidden because it's bad. And there's a loving God. You know, that's what it says in Deuteronomy. This God whose commands are for your good always. I think we need to get to that place where we realize that, that that God really does have our best interest in mind, even in the things that he forbids that we might say, but I really want to do it. And he says, but don't because I love you. Right. And I think that, you know, having that picture of God in your mind as this God who truly loves you really changes a lot of things. Yeah, and I and one thought that's come to mind, you know, we talk we're, are the lives that we live on this earth. It's going to have ripples. Every decision we make, every action, every conversation that we have is going to cause a ripple effect. Uh, we're we're not just, you know, we're not just uh, in a little bubble in a vacuum that doesn't affect the world around us. Which, you know, that was kind of Hezekiah's downfall a little bit. He's just like, well, as long as it doesn't happen to me, I'm fine. Well. Everything that we do and say has a ripple effect. And, and I think, you know, I, I want the ripples of my life to be for the gospel and not for the bad. If, if I'm going to make a decision, I'm going to make, want to make a decision to love and not to hate. You know, even if it's, okay, well, it's, you know, I have the right, you know, and that's something we're, you know, in our world today. We have rights. Well, maybe the right is to say a kind word you know, maybe the right is to, to put down your rights, you know, for the ripple effect of the gospel that that's going to have on, on somebody else and a conversation you might have, you know, in sharing with somebody or just loving on them instead of, you know, grabbing onto your rights, you know, kind of thing. So that this kind of came to mind is the idea of 
all of our lives have ripples and just want to make those ripples for the gospel, you know? Amen. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, hey, if you missed this past Sunday's sermon, you can find it on our YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash Whitefields Church. Go on there, subscribe, click the notification button, that little bell so that you'll get notified whenever we post a new video or whenever we go live. Uh, also, you can find it on all of the major podcast platforms. So if you listen to podcasts on Spotify, if you listen to them on Apple Podcasts, uh, we would love it. If you would go and leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, that would really boost us in their, how their algorithm works. It's based really on written reviews. So if you could go there and just write a quick review and let other people know, that would help other people find this great gospel-centered content that we're trying to put out and reach people with. Um, so yeah, share these videos, share these uh, podcast episodes with your friends, and God bless you. We'll be with you again next week.